0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Holiday, a practical guide for making the holidays holy days. And today is day 64, I believe. That's when I'm recording this. Um, And I hope you are doing well with the commitments that you've made, um, or whatever it is that you have committed to God for the end of the year. And if you haven't, if you feel like you're failing on all accounts, have no fear, because today you're just going to press restart and get right back on. You're just going to keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that, and you, too, are going to overcome. So last time we talked about growing in the practice of listening to God, uh, trying to get our prayer life to go from always us doing all the talking and um, and the asking and getting to where it's more of a dialogue, where we're listening. Um, You know, we talked about being still, quieting our souls, uh, Psalm 131. We talked about finding a quiet time where we can uh, really hear God's voice. We talked about how God will use specific times of the day to communicate with us specifically because He knows how He made us. He made made our mind, He made our heart, and uh, He knows the exact time of the day when we are most apt to hear Him. And so, taking the time to listen during that day, being mindful of listening during that time of day, or even rearranging our lives uh, to accommodate that time of day. Um, we also talked about uh, uh, learning how to journal when you're journaling. Um, you know, that's really trying to get into the practice of of writing your thoughts out, writing to God, and then you know, sort of pausing and giving Him a chance to to speak back and guide you. Um, But while you're doing that, while you're listening, you're also going to have a lot of other thoughts coming into your brain about that really should go on your to-do list. So making sure you have the second piece of paper where you can write down all your to-do list items and then you can get your mind right back out, right back onto God. Um, And I don't want you to beat yourself up about that or, um, you know, really think there's something wrong with you. You're quite normal. We all have a hard time learning how to focus and um, learning and, and, and deepening into our intimacy and it is going to happen if you keep training yourself and training yourself, training yourself to be godly. So we talked about, those are all just kind of listening things and growing in that. We're going to be talking about this subject really probably for the duration of the 70 days and just continually talking about new ways and more ways to be able to hear God's voice and to follow his lead. So I want to just keep going in that way and talk about a couple of other things. Um, you know, there are other ways that I feel like God talks to me, one of them is just the dawning idea. Um, and, and you know, that actually is how I came to my 70 day commitment this time, um, was that this concept of learning how to love more deeply and learning how to uh, make people feel loved loving people in a way that that, that communicates love to them. This is something God's been working on with me for months and months. It's not not something new. And I think that just ruminating on that and praying about it for a long time, it was, it was because of that that God was able to give me just this little idea of how to be able to practice that practically as we, um, as we end out the year. And so when, when I was on a prayer walk, you know, just to, right before I started 70 Days, um, I just got this idea that we, you know, no matter what happens in the morning, I can take that little morning time from the time my kids get up to the time they start school and just go, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to be loving. I'm not going to give myself an out to, you know, uh, to be frustrated and to uh, meet anger with anger, or to level up, or to, you know, uh, lose my patience or whatever. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say over everything is going to be love, and no matter what anybody else is doing, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to stay in that loving state. And um, that has been going great, by the way. I can't wait to tell you about it. I'm really excited. But that was just like a little dawning idea. I was like, that's great. Because what happened is, this is a big concept that God is teaching us, right? He's teaching me to, how to love. That's a big concept. But He gives us me. He gives you something practical that you can do so that you can practice. You know, to me, that little morning time is like a scale. You know, I play violins, I play pieces, they're long and complicated and complex, but yet they're all made up of scales and, you know, just a small um, tidbit that you can do to practice. i got to practice my scales every day and it makes the piece. Um, Later on, I can play the piece, but this is how I learned to love, is by small chunks of practice. Um, I think it's the same thing, anything that you do that's physical or tangible, um, those of you that are practicing waiting on hunger, waiting on the growl to eat, you know, I feel like that God taught me so much when I learned how to physically wait uh, for my stomach to growl before I ate. He was teaching me something much deeper, much more complex, that has actually come to help me this year as I've waited on things that are harder to wait on and and waited for longer periods of time to have a spiritual muscle it, it started as a physical thing but it actually has become a um, a spiritual muscle that i gained through that so um those are just you know things that we can that we can get from god just from an idea um, sometimes he'll give me a resolution nudge meaning like he'll give me it, he'll bring somebody to mind and i'll think you know i need to talk to that person i may not even be sure why but i think something's off to make sure that we're okay or whatever it's just like i call it the resolution nudge Um, sometimes at night as i'm laying on my bed um, i will recount the day and really um ask god see if there's any offensive way in me Um, is there anything i did today any anything that um any way i missed the mark or, or or got off course and how can i make that right tomorrow and and maybe even analyzing how did i get off you know what's the lie that i was listening to that led me in that direction But really kind of going through the day and letting him show me, you know, ways that I got off. Anyway, these are just ways that are not associated with a quiet time, but that they're just times throughout the day when um, God can speak to me. And um, I wanted to talk specifically uh, about another way. Today I want to kind of start in to the bulk of what we're going to be doing for at least the next 40 days or so. And that is learning how to listen to God through the Psalms. Learning how to rewrite the Psalms and pray through them. And um, this is a practice that I got into a lot this year. I had a really, really difficult year. I've had a hard year, a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of challenges, a lot of tests. And I feel like that this was the save this really saved me this year. Early on in the year, my friend Cito sent me a link to uh, one of Tim Mackey. He's one of the the Bible Project guys. Love him. Um, One of his things, which for his uh, his church, for the summer they had done this Praying Through the Psalms um, series. And so I started watching these lessons as he was teaching us how to pray through the Psalms. And, of course, he's amazing, you know, because he's like this theologian and he has completely, you know, uh, studied Hebrew and he knows all this really cool stuff. And so I love listening to him. But it really opened my eyes to that what God was doing with the Psalms was that he was teaching us how he wants us to communicate with him. And... You know, the cool thing about the Psalms is that I would swear that no matter what you're going through in life, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're experiencing, whatever is happening to you, you can find a Psalm about it. It is crazy. Um, and I know this because basically what ended up happening this year is I started in and I basically rewrote um, almost every Psalm. Well, I would say 75% of the Psalms I rewrote. The others I just sort of sank into. But I've studied every Psalm this year. I actually just finished Psalm 150 right before I started the 70 days. And I didn't start off with that intention. It's just the way that God led it. And the thing I learned about this is that, you know, God, God uses this as a model to teach us how to speak with him and how to talk with him. Sometimes I would use it because I couldn't find words of my own. But then sometimes I would just use it because it really guided my, it would guide my thoughts and teach me. You know, I thought about Jesus on the cross, you know, when he was on the cross, what were his final words? What was he quoting? He was quoting the Psalms. So we see that these are given to us to help us in our times of distress, times of joy also, you know, um, and most of the time in life, those two things are mingled anyway. But I really learned a lot through this practice, and um, I want to encourage you to do it as much as you can. I, I don't I don't uh, recommend that you try to do all the psalms. You will, <laughs> it's a big big project. You can do it if you want, but it's definitely not going to fit into these seventy days. It takes a long time. But um, I think just just uh, just sort of tipping our toe into it, dipping our toe into it a little bit. I think it will teach us a lot. So i really want to get into this at this point you know i learned a lot about um i learned a lot through the psalms some things that stuck out to me overall with all of them was just the number of times that david and the other psalmists would say how long god how long and i actually went through and highlighted with one color all the times that it says how long because i felt that exact same way um and then i another thing that was recurring was this this theme of god alone it is god alone who saves and i think that was a really good lesson for me this year because i think i needed to remember it's not god it's not a god plus program it's not god and my coffee it's not god and my disciple or it's not god and my whoever you know whatever thing that you go to or whatever people that you go to sometimes what god is saying is it's going to be me alone when jesus was in the garden His best friends fell asleep. His, uh, you know, he, and then everybody deserted him and fled. And he was left with God alone, even the Son of God himself. So I I think that this, there were many times this year that I was like, I needed to learn that. I don't mean that in a resentful way. I needed to learn it's God alone. Another thing that struck me was the number of times that he would say, I'm innocent. (laughs) And I just, I cracked up because... Uh, you know, there is, a, there is a scripture that says that all the man's ways seem innocent to him, you know, but I thought about David especially, you know, he obviously is not innocent. He does all these sins. We even know about them, the poor guy. We know about his adultery. We know about the murder. We know about how he counted all the fighting men and his pride and his blah, blah, blah. We know a lot about his failings, but yet many times in the Psalms he would go, but I'm innocent and, you know, he was right. <laughs> And so it was an interesting concept to me just to really ruminate on that. How can we be innocent when we know we have so much guilt, too, at the same time? So that was cool. Um, and then the, the, the last thing is just the concept of the rescue. And uh, so many times they'll say, rescue me, rescue me. And there's actually a lot of different Hebrew words I learned later for the different times when it says rescue me sometimes. But it's just that concept that God wants us to call out for his rescue. And that doesn't always mean what we think it means. So anyway, these are some of the concepts that stuck out to me. And what I realized is that praying through the Psalms, we can pray through fear, pain, despair, false accusation, confession, doubt, testing, consequences, insecurity, all of that. We're going to cover all of that. And um, it I think it's really, it really helped me and I'm hoping to be able to pass on whatever helped me to you so it can help you. But uh, I wanted to get into it today. I know we started Psalm 131 last time, but I really wanted to get into it in full today. And I was thinking, okay, what's the first Psalm I want to do? Let's do Psalm 91, <laughs> you know, because I love Psalm 91. I want to do Psalm 23. I want to do Psalm 3. All these ones that have spoken to me. Psalm 60. But I think where i finally landed was the psalms of ascent and if you're not familiar with that it's that psalms 120 through uh, well let me back up psalm 119 is this huge book of just beautiful 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 writing about what the bible is and then all of a sudden you get to psalm 120 and it is you know this big it's so short and you have all these short little psalms from psalm 120 to psalm 134 i didn't know what that was well these are called the Psalms of Ascent. And what they are are songs that, was writ- that were written for the Hebrew people that they would sing as they were making their pilgrimage up to Jerusalem for the various festivals. We talked last time about, or the first time about, how there's three major festivals every year that the, the Jews would go to, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And so they would... Uh, journey all the way from their hometown where they were and they would journey up to Jerusalem and if you look on a map like if you started at Galilee uh, You would see that you would travel down to the Dead Sea which is actually the lowest place on earth and then um, Or close to it. I think I might be wrong about that lowest place But it's very low and then you would make this ascent up to Jerusalem It was up, sort of up a mountain and it was a it's a symbolic journey it's a physical thing like I was talking about early a physical thing meant to teach a spiritual lesson and that we are on this ascent always to God and I as I was reading these songs of ascent and I got really into it because actually Hillsong has a has a song out right now called Highlands and it's really about this concept and so I that caught my eye and then I started reading about it and then I started getting into these um uh these other hebrew teachers uh I, I really get i really love to dive deep into the um the hebrew stuff i love the messianic jew stuff i love to listen to people who know how to make jesus apply and all you know to the old testament and all that's really cool but um as i was doing that i started realizing that this really is the journey that we're on so as i was praying about it, i was like god i think this is really what we're doing is we're making our own pilgrimage we're making a spiritual pilgrimage. Um, Away from our daily life, away from the world, and to God. And I think you'll see what I mean as we read through these. So I'm going to start with a couple today, and then we're just going to kind of work our way through some different psalms. So let's start reading in Psalm 120. I'm reading from the NLT. It says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to Him, and He answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will He increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer in far-off meshech. It pains me to live in distant Kedar. I am tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace. But when I speak of peace, they want war. <laughs> and they call this the leaving psalm. And you can see why. Basically, you've got this pilgrim, this, this guy that's been trying to live for God. He's trying to live for God in the midst of this incredibly pagan place where no one seems to care about God, and he's trying to do what's right. And at some point, you just like, oh, you just get, I'm so done. I'm so done with this culture around me, you know. And this is exactly us. You know, when you say Jesus is Lord, when you decide to line your life up with the Bible, you become a Christian, you go, I'm going to, I'm going to make the Bible the standard of my life. I'm going to try to live every day thinking, how can I be more like Jesus today? And try to land in humility and try to deal with everything righteously, you know, just doing your best to live for God and, and really enjoying his presence. Honestly, not not in some sort of like, i got to do this, but like enjoying your relationship with God and enjoying the kingdom and enjoying all the blessings of God. You know, you realize that You are you are a foreigner in this land because that's not exactly how the world around us lives We are strangers in a strange land. We are foreigners. We are sojourners. This is not our home And so you know these times when they would make this pilgrimage up to Jerusalem It was emphasizing that you know you live here now, but your real home is Jerusalem. It's for us We live here now. Yes in this culture, but our real home is heaven and so there's times where we just kind of get fed up with this, and uh, um, I have a great example of this. So uh, this week, so we, my family, we live in a really, really sort of like um, uh, what, what's it called, Americana neighborhood. It's really cool. There's a lot of families and kids. They all play on our block, and they play in the street. We don't have a through street, so it, it, um, they, all the kids are always playing on the street. We have a big. Uh, what's that called, a basketball goal in front of our house, and so the kids always come down here and play basketball with my son, he's 16. And um, so it's just that kind of neighborhood. And we always every year we have this um, it's not a carnival but maybe like a little festival street festival for Halloween and the kids get to jump to get in their costumes and then they kind of go up and down the street and the people set out things in their front yard like caramel apples or they'll have little games they can play and stuff like that. It's really fun. And um, my kids have always participated in it. And this year out of all of our neighborhood our block was the one that was going to host it and so our kids were like yeah that's awesome so we were thinking about what we could set up in our front yard we were really looking forward to it and then we get the flyer about when it's going to be and it was scheduled for 9 to 9 a.m to 12 a.m on sunday <laughs> sunday from 9 to 12 i was thinking of all the days that you could have picked you pick the one day <laughs> that i cannot change i can't change it around and i'm not going to change it around because that's god's day that's church and just made me realize made me so sad when i saw it my kids hadn't seen it yet and i was just so sad thinking you know church is just not even a thought for people anymore it is just they don't even think about it of course let's have it on sunday morning then my kids saw it and they were like what can't believe this and they they weren't fighting it like they wanted to stay home they knew we're not going to stay home because we go to church so we had so, I mean, we had many opportunities to talk about it, and, you know, I know I'd, I'm not really a big Halloween fan anyway, because <laughs> really, as Christians, I'm not sure if we, we should be, but it's okay. I've just chosen not to fight that battle, um, and chosen to try to do as much as I can to turn it around, you know, turn it upside down for God. We've always had like a pumpkin carving party, we would invite people, and people would actually come to church from it and become Christians, so I feel, I have kind of felt like we were turning it upside down. But, you know, this year it just didn't work out. It just emphasized this whole, like, this whole culture. You know, sometimes you can just get so fed up with it. Like, I, I'm trying to give you something great, but you don't want it. You know, he's like, I speak of peace. They don't want peace. They want war, you know. And I feel that way sometimes when you're sharing about Jesus. Like, oh, I'm giving you the answers to life. I'm telling you. It's going to be great. Taste it. See that the Lord is good, you know. But the people around you are like, ah, 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 church. So sometimes you just get tired, you know. And that's one way that he was leaving it behind. And that's something that we're doing too during this time is we're saying, we're, you know, I'm, I don't want to have another holiday season where it's just chaos or, um, you know, where it, 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 it's, it's about all this stuff. And I'm so busy that I can't even think about the holy parts. You know, I can't even make it holy. I, you know, and we reject it. I don't want to have another debauchless holiday where afterwards I have a, hang, you know, a holiday hangover. I don't want to do that anymore. I am saying, no, I'm leaving it behind. And that's what we're doing. We're leaving it behind on this, on this journey. But there's another way that we're, um, we can look at this too. And this is something that I got. Um, I, I love the, um, I think it's called livingword.com. And it's this, this, a Messianic Jewish scholar who takes you through the Bible with the, with the Hebrew and the English and he teaches you all about it. So cool. But, Um, Something I realized is that in the original Hebrew, it doesn't say rescue me in verse 2, rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from deceitful people. It just says rescue me from lies and deceit. And it's it's him owning it. It's actually rescue me from myself. All the stuff that I've fallen into, the ways that I've let lies come into my life and the deceit in my heart and all the stuff, all the gunk, the stuff that we're talking about. Isn't that so crazy? Just he's talking about all the stuff that's worked its way in and even talks about um, sort of the consequences of all that and what's, you know, what comes from that and the, the being pierced with the sharp arrows and burned with the glowing coals. You know, it's an image that's supposed to sh- to warn us, you know, don't go that way, get out of there. And um, he's asking God to help him to overcome. That's really what he's asking him to, is this the same thing that we're doing. I'm saying, God, please, please, please get out of me, all my pride and the stuff that keeps me from being loving and humble and, and you know, there's nothing like God changing you. There is just nothing like it. Um, because when, you, when God changes something that you know on your own, you can't do it. You know this is absolutely the grace of God. I mean, when I, 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 had been, when I started Simply Holy all those years ago, I, I had been overweight for, uh, what was it, 35 years. <laughs> I'd been overweight for 35 years. And then I all of a sudden, I was able to lose all the weight. That is the grace of God. That's not willpower. That's God power. And, you know, I was thinking this time I have this really, really cool story to share with you. I'm so excited. So, you know, I've been doing this thing to try to make my mornings <laughs> loving. And Jay and I sort of have this joke because, you know, mornings can be something. If you're not a parent, all parents know mornings can be something because people are grumpy They're tired. They're not at the best. And people can say things and it can can take off into a bad direction really bad, you know, really quickly. And it's so demoralizing to start your day that way. Well, so Jay and I have this routine where we wake up our kids at the right time. They get up at seven and then we go on a prayer walk while they kind of pull themselves together and do their routine so that we're not just hovering over them. So we go on a prayer walk. And then when we're coming back, we kind of, we, we have this quote, we say like, no matter what is on the other side of that door. We are going to be loving. It's from Lord of the Rings in when at Minas Tirith when um, Gandalf is trying to prepare the guys for war and they're getting ready to go against all these big orcs and all these crazy people. And he tells the guard at the door, he goes, no matter what comes through that door, you stand your post. You know, don't leave your post, stand your ground. And so it's sort of a play on that. we like, no matter what is going on in there, when we get in there, we are going to be loving. Our love's going to abound. So anyway, I was sort of on this journey and I was really working hard at it. And then one of my kids had a an episode. An episode of anger, which is a common thing and, you know, just a bad attitude kind of angry, you know, thing. But, you know, they're but I didn't respond with anger. Which that's what normally would happen. I'm gonna respond with anger, like it works. I don't know why I do it. I know people, I don't get why I do it it's something that doesn't work so many times. But they were all up here with this, but I stayed here, just stayed loving. So it became obvious after a while that it was it was my it was my daughter. And she asked I asked her if I could share this. She said yes. So it was my daughter and she was up here and I was down here and, and it and it made it obvious that it wasn't it wasn't me. And so she was sort of left with herself. And so I, you know, I told her what I was doing. I said, you know, I'm really trying to do this for the 70 days. She goes, she goes, you know, I, I want to do that. I want to do that too. And so we're both doing it. We're both on the same, you know, page. We're both trying to do it for the 70 days. And I'm, I'm really excited. So we make a little calendar so we can check it off. I did it one day. Woohoo! Right now, actually, I am um, five days in a row. I've been able to do it. Okay, now I wish I hadn't said that because here we go. What I'm saying, though, is the point, I got lost in my own story. My point is, God did that. That is not me. Trust me, I am 51. (laughs) That is not me. When you can change, the older you get and you keep changing, you know that is God and there is nothing like it. And that's why he says, rescue me. The actual word is, deliver my soul. Deliver my soul is the actual um, saying right there. So... He's, he's saying, I, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of this culture. I need to get out of myself. I need to get to you, God. I'm ready to start my journey. And he starts the whole thing. I worked my way backwards. He starts the whole thing with, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out, and he answered my prayer. And um, I want to encourage you if, you, if you want to experiment with this, I want to encourage you to rewrite this psalm for yourself. And when I say rewrite it, I'll tell you what I did. I didn't write it in the same style that they did. I, I would write, Dear God, and I'd start every single psalm the same way. Dear God, it's me talking to God. And I've, I've always started all my journal entries that way for years and years and years. So I kept it the same for this. And I, and I would say, God, here's all my troubles. They're, this is wrong, and 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 this is And you know, to tell you the truth, there are many psalms where the psalmist does that. It could be 50, you know, verses of the, all the troubles and all that's wrong before they finally say, but, you know, or God help me. And so, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to lay out our troubles before him. He wants you to do that. This is the way He wants you to communicate with Him. That is why it's there. You are not bothering God. He is able to handle it. He's the only one that's able to handle it. Quite possibly, if you would lay out your troubles before God, you wouldn't have to lay out your troubles so much before your spouse or before your friends or before anybody else. We go to God with all of our troubles and we let him sort them through. You know, some of our troubles are our own sins. Some of them are things that are happening to us. But other people's sins against us. Somebody, some things are consequences from things that we've done in the past. Some things are just tests. We have a lot of troubles. It's hard to sort them all through. We're not smart enough. They're too wonderful for us. God has to help us. It's a wonderful practice. So I just would, re- I wrote out all of my troubles. God, please answer me. Please help me. Please rescue me. And then, you know, rescue me from my stuff, my pride, my, you know, the stuff I'm working on. I didn't write down the stuff that he was working on. I wrote this down the stuff that I was working on. And then what are the consequences of those things? He talks about that, you know, be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing clothes. And I, I, I think it's helpful even to write down what are the real consequences of these. A lot of what I learned that helps me lose weight was just, to, to keep always in my mind the consequences of being overweight, the things I hated about, the things I felt, that the the sickness that I felt inside my body and the way that I looked and the, the clothes and the, all the all the stuff that you just forget, how your knees feel, or you feel lethargic, you feel sluggish, you feel whatever, you don't have enough energy for your kids, whatever it is, but writing out all those consequences of those things, you know, me right now, the pride, the, the how it hurts my kids, how it hurts my family, how my, it has hurt my ministry, how it has hurt the people around me, you know, really listing out those consequences and working through those with God. So I encourage you to do that. And then if you can, go on to Psalm 121, and I'll end with this, and we'll come back, we'll kind of pick up on it later. In Psalm 121, it says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you. As you come and go, both now and forever. Oh my gosh, there's so much in here. So you know, we go from the song, the the, the leaving psalm, and now it's the protection psalm. And I learned a, really some cool things about this. Basically, when you read this in the Hebrew, is what it's saying is fix your eyes. I look to the. I look up. I look up above the mountains to the Lord, I fix my eyes on Jesus. And I learned this really cool thing, that when it's the capital L-O-R-D, and it's more complicated than what I'm gonna say, you'd have to talk to a scholar about it. But what I learned is that when you see that L-O-R-D, it is the word they're trying to translate, because of course it doesn't translate right, and doesn't even work right um, for the, in the Hebrew with all the syllables. But really, if you take that word, every time it says L-O-R-D, that's Jesus, really is what it is. And so whenever you see that word, you can think Jesus. And I even went back and replaced it. My help comes from Jesus, who made heaven and earth. We are walking up. We are looking up. We are fixing our eyes on Jesus. They were fixing their eyes up on the temple. They're going to Jerusalem. They're going to the temple. And so are we. Isn't that what Jesus said? Destroy this temple. I'll rebuild it in three days. And they killed him. And he was and he was raised in three days. And we are now. He lives inside, right? So we are fixing our eyes. We are ascending to Jesus. Always looking up. Where does my help come from? Not from my willpower. From God. From God power. Reaching up and fixing our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of faith our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. It's, I don't, it's just so amazing. I don't, I don't know how to communicate it better. <laughs> but um, then it talks about how he will watch over us. That word, L-O-R-D, all the capitals, it's five times in this one passage, five times. In all the songs of ascent, it's 50 times used. It says he won't let you stumble. So as we're making this journey, he's going to keep picking you up. He's going to keep wiping you off. He's going to keep holding you up. Come on, you can do it. 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 Come on, disciple. He's fighting for you. He's watching over you. He watches over you. And he never sleeps. He never slumbers. I love it here when even it says, um, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And I was thinking about this, you know, The sun by day, we can see how that would hurt, you know, the sun scorching us. But how does the moon hurt at night? And it's kind of like he's saying, I'm going to protect you physically. Yes, I'm going to protect you from that scorching sun. But I'm also going to protect you spiritually from the terrors of the night. And I know I experience these. I have times where I wake up in the middle of the night and I don't know why. But every single fear and failure and accusation is just hurled at me all at once. I think it's just because my defenses are down, I'm tired, you know, whatever it is. And I'm every single... I was just trying to describe it to uh, my to Brooke today, and I was saying it's like a tornado in a movie. And, you know, in the fake tornadoes, and you'll see little things fly out of the tornado. You know, you'll see a cow or a, or a, or a house or whatever. And I can picture that, like I'll have... This person or this situation or this whatever, you know, my kid, you know, all of my kids are in there somewhere. And, and then this person that uh, over here in this situation that's unresolved and, 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 and all the stuff that's bearing down on I me. Mean, and I, I don't know, I'll just wake up and all of a sudden I'll be attacked by it. And I realized I can fight that because I have Jesus in the name of Jesus, I can fight that off, the terrors of the night, because the moon will not harm me by night. And I just go pray. I wake up. I just go, okay, God, thank you for my bed. Thank you for the night. Thank you for um, watching over me. Thank you that I am safe. God, I just pray that, you know, and I just start praying um, that I will, I will believe the truth. Whatever the truth is, I, I reject this lie, I reject that lie, I reject that. I trust in your promises, I reject this, I reject that. In the name of Jesus, take these terrors away from me. Take these thoughts out of my mind, get them away from me. And I sort of can fight back because Jesus is watching over me. It says, the Lord keeps you from all harm. Jesus keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. He will watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. You know, this is, and what a great way to end. So you want to, you want to rewrite, if you can, you rewrite these scriptures to God, speaking directly to him, asking things of him, um, but using the words of the psalmist to guide you. And somehow, I think it opens up a communication that it, even if it's just another layer, you know, uh, just another way for you to hear something new. Um, I mean, I can't believe how, how much I got out of this this time. And I, I, had, uh, I, I went on that livingword.com and that really helped me. If you want to go on there, you can go on YouTube and just and the, he has a um, commentary for 120 and 121. And then another thing that somebody turned me on to, and I'll just end with this, is this podcast. I love it. It's called Bema, B-E-M-A, and it's another um, messianic Jewish scholar who who just teaches you how to think about. Um, uh, to think in the way that it was written for the Hebrews, and to think in a more Eastern way rather, rather than our, our Western, you know, sort of Greek culture way. And it just opens up all these new ideas that you can, you know, I, I don't know, you can just totally geek out on it. I love it. You don't have to do it. I know I'm extreme. Probably <laughs> it's a little too extreme. But if you want to, those are some extra resources for you to get into, you know. So anyway, the ideas that we're going to teach ourselves. We're going to keep going. We're going to teach ourselves how to be able to listen and discern God's voice, and hear Him in new and great ways to deepen our intimacy with Him. And I hope this helps you to do that. Until next time.